imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Lead Hership Global podcast episode. We are so excited to have all of you with us today and to be able to introduce to you Cindy Waller. She is a best-selling author. She is a very popular speaker, a certified executive leadership and business coach. And today, Cindy is going to be talking to us about the 20 effective habits for mastery at work. I think this is a subject that we can all relate to, and I cannot wait to hear what Cindy has to say about mastery at work. You know, we are all too often asked what it means to have mastery at work and how to have the greatest positive impact on those we lead. And although the answer differs according to where the organization is relative to its business cycle or its growth strategy, there are a set of core skills or leadership habits that are really pertinent to success. And the key is to take these leadership attributes from a conceptual kind of notion to actual behavioral-based skills. Today, Cindy is going to help us identify which habits or skills you really need to succeed in your career. We'll talk to Cindy about how to overcome negativity and learn fresh new skills to improve the quality of all of our work. You'll discover the secrets behind why habits are significant to become more successful by reaching your goals and your visions much more effectively. These actionable habits for success will actually help you raise your effective leadership and management skills to the next level, which is something I think we all want to do. Let me tell you a little bit more about Cindy. Cindy Waller is a best-selling author, speaker, certified executive leadership and business coach with extensive experience in designing and implementing a wide range of corporate leadership programs. These include things like leadership assessments, executive coaching, onboarding, succession planning, and 360-degree feedback and talent management. Cindy's a well-recognized and well-respected consultant to a cross-section of corporate sectors that include financial services, insurance, oil and gas, pharmaceutical, accounting, network computer technology, and retail. I don't know if there's an industry we miss there. The focus of Cindy's coaching practice is on identifying and developing actionable leadership behaviors. This is something I absolutely love and can't wait to learn more about. And the critical drivers that help drive company strategy. For Cindy, her emphasis is on placing identifying individuals who have potential over the long-term, as well as positioning the organization for the future by developing next-generation leaders. Cindy, we're so excited to have you here today. I'm excited too. Thank you so much, Linda and Christina, for a very generous introduction. I'm excited to be here on Leadership Global and look forward to our time together. 
This is going to be great. And so, so many pieces of uh, your expertise and skill set, we are just jumping at the bit to learn more about. But why don't we start, Cindy, by you telling us a little bit about what's led you to have such a passion around developing high potential and high performing executive leaders? So absolutely. I'll tell you actually about my very first job. And when we graduate from school, for many of us, it's hard to nail that first job. My first job actually was in a prison. I was working with inmates who were in for prostitution, break and enter, theft over, theft under, and drug possession. And I was required, this was my mandate, to teach inmates leadership skills. Can you imagine what percentage of the audience my inmates were really motivated to learn leadership skills. Um, but, you know, the motivation was to be able to see the, the psychologist myself. So when they got to their parole or probation sentence, um, they can go before the judge and they can raise their hand and say, yes, I actually got help and I had support. I was in treatment. But what was really interesting was that usually about one or two times a year, there'd be a prison escape. These inmates would be stealing cutlery from the kitchen and also bed sheets, and they would be digging trenches in the middle of the night, tying sheets for rope to jump out the window. And what was fascinating was to me was the thoroughness and comprehensiveness of the plan. So they executed the plan brilliantly. However, there was a glitch. As soon as they jumped the fence, they went as close as possible to the nearest pub or bar, usually within one to two miles away, to celebrate their escape. Well, so what happened, as you're nodding and you can see, is that the local police would arrest them and they were thrown back into jail. But I thought about it and I thought about, well, what is it that we need to be successful in life, whether it's personal or business? And part of it is, yes, execution, but part of it is how do you need to be strategic and more long-term planning around your career, around your impact, and how you're successful with your team and others within the organization. So that's my original journey. And I am as miserable as I was in prison, in jail, it taught me so much. And as they say, you know, you learn good things from bad experiences. <laughs> wow. That is as entertaining as it is surprising, Cindy, I will say. <laughs> and, you know, I had the um, good fortune of being able to see a, a bit of your new book, 20 Effective Habits for Mastery at Work. And in that book, you offer an in-depth analysis of the kinds of traits that set people and organizations apart from their competition. So can you offer a little bit more insight about some of the common traits of high performers that have led to a certain level of mastery in their work that really is unique, really sets them apart? Absolutely. So one of the questions that I am asked and we've all been trying to uh, solution towards is really are leaders born or made? And we've been asking this question for, I think, centuries. And I like to look at it not as a binary concept. I think there's a bit of both. Some leaders absolutely naturally come to leadership and excel um, more naturally than others. But it is requiring a, a level of skills and a complex level of skills because the world is complex. So in terms of some of the critical skills, I would say one of the number one differentiators is the ability to pivot. And what I mean by pivot is you have to look at your ability to be agile to a number of 
key variables. So the economic landscape, what are your competitive pressures? And then equally important, if you are stakeholdering and you're working with your colleagues, then you need to understand their lens. And often we make the mistake of being so passionate with our view, really believing we've got the best solution, and you might, we might, but you need to pause and stop and think, why is it that that person across the table from me is A, gonna listen to me, and B, change their perspective? And so thinking about how do I as a leader, how do you as a leader be agile to understand their priorities, what their deliverables are, um, what they need to accomplish helps us pivot, and then think about it as we lead teams and we have direct reports. So maybe my priority is around execution and meeting deliverables on time. And that should be important for everybody. But maybe some of my direct reports, although that's important, have a different need. Maybe they have a need for affiliation and a need for belonging. And in order for me to motivate that person as a leader, I gain need to be uh, able to pivot and be agile. Think about, okay, if Joe really has a sense of connection, how, I need to talk about how do I set up his work team, his work group, so that I do get the best out of him. And then if I'm talking to Susan, maybe she has a sense of um, need to be able to influence. So how do I bring out and motivate Susan that I would do differently than Joe? I love that. And it seems like Cindy, what you're talking about is just the opportunity for leaders to really be able to get the best out of their teams and maximizing their team's full potential, which is so interesting. Another thing you talked about in the book is this idea of really cultivating good habits and really making this, uh, this idea of incorporating these habits that create success into your daily routine and cultivating them until they become second nature. So can you talk about a few of these winning habits that um, are worth cultivating to help people succeed and move forward? Sure, absolutely. And maybe I can even give you a client example to illustrate um, one of the habits. So one of my clients, a uh, senior executive, is very, very intense and very passionate. So on a good day, um, highly enthusiastic and very compelling. But what happens is he tends to um, become so focused, he forgets people around him. And so I said to him, you know, um, you, you have a way of, it's not your intent, but you have a way of intimidating others. And he said, what do I mean? What do you mean? I, you, I care about my employees. I care about the team. And I said, well, I watch you walk down the hall and I could barely catch up and keep up with you. You're running and you're racing to your office. You're not stopping at each person's cubicle to say hello and ask how they're doing. And he said, you know, I never thought about that. I never thought about my body language and my nonverbal behavior and the messages that I'm giving. And so I said, okay, so, you know, when we talk about the habits and we talk about, you know, the many aspects of communication and having good communication skills that I speak about in the book, that's one of them. And so in terms of really working on the habit towards that, the first thing is 
of course, awareness, being aware, and he had to think about that. And then he needed to think about, okay, so when I get off the elevator, what do I need to do differently, even though I'm pressured for, you know, getting to uh, my deliverable or meeting my commitments, I need to slow down. And maybe I need to set the goal of that I stop at three people's desks and ask them how their new puppy is. How's it going since they had a baby and they're losing sleep? Um, those kinds of things. And so he, we would practice that over and over um, until it became second nature. And at the beginning, it was awkward because it was prescribed. But after a while, it became more natural. So that's creating habits that are more ingrained and then becomes part of his lexicon of leadership skills. And his employee engagement survey results went up as a result of it because he was showing that he cared about the people that he worked with. And he wasn't just looking at them from the point of view of what they can accomplish. That's great. And, you know, I think that that speaks to how important it is for leaders to actually demonstrate that they care about the people that surround them, not just the tasks in front of them. They care as much about the people that they're leading as they do the accomplishments of the organization as a whole, which I think is just such a perennial truth for leadership, no matter what industry you're a part of. And when you speak about the true impact and influence of leaders with real mastery over their work, Cindy, you've noted that they have successfully differentiated themselves from their peers. So can you talk a little bit about the defining characteristics of these leaders, not just their habits, but maybe their characteristics that really set them apart? Great question, Linda. Absolutely. So one, they're, I would call it a humble level of confidence, which means that they are confident because they are seasoned and they're experienced and they have a point of view. So we want leaders to be noisy at the table. We want them to have a voice, but we also want them to be able to um, be open to course correction, to be open to giving the spotlight to their peers or their direct reports. So part of the differentiation is how do they give back to employees and their peers by sharing the platform by allowing others to shine and not necessarily seeking the credit or being the smartest person in the room. That's one of the key differentiators for sure. Um, and the other is in terms of being able to um, see, I think, the glass half full so that obstacles that are there are ones that you're excited by. You may not have the solution. You don't have the answer, but you don't, um, you know, feel daunted by that. In fact, you pull people into your inner circle and brainstorm together. And if you're truly successful as a leader, it never was your idea because it's a diversity of thought. It's inclusive and it's everybody's idea. And when you as a leader can create and cultivate that culture, then there's a sense of ownership. And then you've rallied people around you because it is something that they want to be part of and they have been part of. As we round out our interview today, um, we are going to ask one more question. And so this one will mix up a little bit. What is the best leadership advice that you personally, Cindy Waller, have ever received that you'd like to share with our, our listeners today? So, Christina, can I give you two points? Because it's very hard for me to give it in one. 
The best leadership advice is to be able to take risks, which means you do need to be able to fail and accept failure and not to personalize it and then dust yourself off and what did you learn from that and and the the courage in that. And so that's one piece of very important advice that I received. And then the other piece is being able to really accept and incorporate feedback. And so um, that has to do with looking at other perspectives, as I mentioned before, and learning and accepting that I don't always have the answer. I am vulnerable and I'm prepared to say I don't know. And I'm also prepared to say that I made a mistake because that allows me to be way more approachable and way more uh, seen as a, as a team member and as a partner to, to my peers. I, I feel like we could go on for another hour of podcasting just with your amazing practical advice that I know is going to resonate so well with our listeners. So Cindy, thank you so much for your time today, for your expertise, your real world examples. All of those things have, have just been phenomenal. We've loved having you as a guest. So one of the signs that I look at when I come away from a podcast is that I am invigorated. So thank you both Linda and Christina. It has been invigorating and I've enjoyed every second of it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Cindy. And thanks to all of you for listening to this week's Lead Hership Global Podcast with Cindy Waller, one of the leading coaches, executive level coaches in the U.S. If you're interested in learning more about Cindy and her coaching practice, check her out on leadhershipglobal.com. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for joining Leadership Global, a podcast for and about unstoppable women stepping into courage, claiming their power, and embracing bold leadership. Join us each week as we talk to a collection of inspirational women changing the world and tackling the most pressing issues we're facing today as women and as leaders. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.